welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Unknown, an incredible recording artist. Hi, <laughs> my name is Unknown. Um, I am an artist from the Bay Area, and thank you so much for having me, Aline. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. So let's just start with a quick introduction about you know who you are and a little bit about what you do. Um, yeah, so as I just mentioned, uh, my name is Unknown. Um, I am an artist. I do make music. I've been recording for the past uh, several years now, going on to three years. Um, I've been just performing before the pandemic and putting out projects um, ever since. Uh, and I've been just kind of uh, making music uh, for those time. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been kind of hard to like put together what exactly I do right now, especially since the pandemic has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely tough, but um, you know, I, I really just wanted to, you know, get to know a little bit more about your background because I know that even though you are mainly involved in music right now and you're a recording artist, um, was this always something that you had planned to do and had an interest in? Um, it's a really long journey um, coming to where I am today. Uh, when I was a little girl, I definitely had um, a lot of background with music. I was, I've learned different instruments, and I've always loved to sing. So I was always involved with choir, um, either the church band or just making music on my own. Um, so those are some of the backgrounds that I've had in general. But when I got into uh, around high school, a lot of things changed for me. So um, my dreams of becoming a musician was not really existent uh, during that time until actually about like five years ago is when I really realized I wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. So like while you were in high school, did you have any original plans? Like did you feel like you were going into some kind of different career than you are now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to say around like uh, sophomore year, I was still in choir. I was still involving myself to some level of, uh, you know, music. And um, I suddenly had this switch in terms of like uh, career classes that they offer at high school. And I had a, I had a lot of issues, um, you know, with the way uh, my family thought about my career. And whenever I told them, you know, what I wanted to become, I had a lot of like changes as you, you know, grow up, you're a child, you have a lot of different dreams. And whenever I um, brought him up to my family, they didn't really uh, necessarily have a, the most positive, you know, answer or a reaction to what I would say. So I did kind of change the way um, my creative outlook was, or I'm sorry, not my creative, my career outlook was. Um, and I did look into business much more because I was not that bad of a student in high school. Uh, I had pretty good grades. Um, I was really on top of my classes. And um, the one thing that I did enjoy was entrepreneurial classes and marketing classes. Even though I was good at science and math and that's what my family really wanted me to pursue, uh, I actually didn't really go um, finding interest in that way. So I was a business student um, and I tried to pursue business afterwards of high school as well and enter college uh, with a major of business as well. Yeah, so you talked a little bit about how, you know, your family kind of had um, in mind that you would, you know, take on a normal career and Mm -hmm. like, you know, a nine to five job. And so did you just, did you have like a pressure or did you feel pressure in high school to kind of take on that same mindset that you had Mm -hmm. in college and had to get a degree? I want to say like my, 
I'm I'm actually Korean. I'm Korean American, and I want to say my family, in comparison to um, being a culture of Koreans, they weren't as uh, strict or as uh, harsh in their in the way they pressured me career wise. Um, but I think what it was, it was definitely a uh, how do I say it? Um, it was like a cultural thing in general. It was a stereotype between Koreans where maybe my parents felt a little uncomfortable to tell them that uh, their daughter didn't know what they were doing at the moment, you know, even in high school. So there was some pressure, but they never directly, I don't think, uh, gave me that pressure. But because I felt for them in that cultural level where I felt a little uncomfortable that they weren't able to kind of like mingle with this per se the Korean community um, and talk about their daughter in the way maybe that everyone else did. So I feel like that was the pressure that put me into a place where I was like, okay, maybe I can't necessarily pursue um, wh whether it be a creative outlet or anything that wasn't necessarily as like a structured um, and had a process and an outcome. Um, I had to kind of like, I kind of told myself, let me just try this thing out, like this business thing, something more structured, something that has um, how do I say it? Like more of a process and a promotional, uh, process to, um, and give that a try before I just go ahead and do something, uh, that my parents might be ashamed of, which was something I worried about as a, as a high schooler, for sure. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. In high school, there is a lot of pressure to go towards a certain route. And so I know like it definitely is a lot of pressure, you know, choosing what you want to do in the future. And so when was the moment for you or particularly the moment when you decided that you didn't really want to give into that pressure and wanted to try doing what you actually wanted to do and become a recording artist? Right. So I um, so given these like the pressures that I've given upon myself, you know, and just my surrounding and environment, I was uh, really, um, I'm a very passionate person. So I really took on to the actions when I said I was gonna do something. So when I said I was gonna do business, um, I pursued DECA throughout high school. I ended up becoming uh, the leader, the president for multiple years um, for DECA. And I was leading the business clubs at our school, um, going out to competition. So I was all in. So when I do something, I was all in, I was so passionate. And when I was applying for colleges, um, I got accepted into UC Davis and I was going for agriculture management. So that too was also business related. And I just really went full send um, on that whole marketing outlook that I had, that I thought I had for myself. And I ended up going to Davis uh, and I spent my first semester there. Um, but during my first semester, when I was experiencing you know, my first college experience, like the first, you know, semester is full of new, exciting events and like feelings and emotions. I think the pressure and a lot of different, you know, experiences that I and adversities I faced throughout high school combined um, and not knowing and being not knowing that I actually didn't really want to pursue business, like slapped me in the face uh, that first semester of college. And it was really, really difficult for me because I didn't realize that I was sort of, you know, depressed because I wasn't pursuing what I really, truly wanted to pursue. And that had been, you know, constantly being stacked and piled upon um, and piled upon my, you know, mind. And eventually when I was faced in a like where, you know, a lot of us high schoolers, when we get out of high school, a lot of us are completely independent. Um, unless, you know, you have the convenience of your parents near you during your, at your school. But your first year, you're completely independent. You're out in the world. And I think 
when I was in a vulnerable situation, all that emotion just hit. Um, so when I was at Davis, I actually ended up dropping out because I really wanted to take that time to focus on my own mentality. And I felt like finding that happiness in, in a basic standard for, you know, myself was more important than, um, trying to pursue this career that I thought would satisfy, you know, the people that I loved. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I know you did mention to me actually beforehand that, um, you know, you lived in a household or a situation where a lot of people didn't really believe in mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And so um, were the people around you like supportive of that decision that you decided to make? Oh, it was very difficult at first, for sure, for my mom and my dad. Um, I'm a first generation college student. Uh, neither of my parents have graduated from college. And, you know, I think they had they did have a high expectation. Again, they didn't have that strong like, you know, I don't want to say like the Asian culture has that mean stereotype because it's never mean. It's very um, just really strong love. Um, and I think they were disappointed simply because of that. It's just that I was the first generation college. I was the eldest of our family. Um, but despite the fact that uh, it, we, I, my family and my parents in general are, um, they did began as leaning towards of not believing in mental health. Uh, they did take it rather better than what I expected. Um, so I'm on the lucky end. I've heard many, many, many stories of uh, parents who, you know, disowned their child. You know, they didn't accept them afterwards. They didn't speak to them. But um, my parents were rather, um, they shed a tear. <laughs> that was hard, but it was, they took it okay. They took it okay. They still um, supported me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think mm -hmm. that it's definitely important to, you know, have people in your life who will support you even through those tougher decisions that you do make. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely think like you're a perfect, perfect example of, you know, showing that it's never really too late to change your path and decide what really you want to do and what actually makes you happy. Oh, yeah. So, do you think that, you know, it's ever too late to change what you want to do and how your future turns out? Um, I, tr I, I mean, now I think I had a lot of doubt because um, I know, you know, this, uh, your section, like, uh, what you really speak about with a lot of these individuals is about like, you know, mental health and stuff. And in the beginning, I definitely had a lot of self doubt when I first dropped out. Um, it was a complete blank canvas. It was a blank slate. So I really thought I was late and no matter what I pursue at that point, um, it just wasn't going to be enough to amount to what I thought my angle was. Uh, mm -hmm. But now, fast forward, that's about five years. I'm 22, t turning 23 now. And I want to say it's never too late. Absolutely. Even if I had to start right now, um, I wouldn't regret starting now either because it's just never too late to pursue something that you just truly enjoy doing. Um, and yeah, I just, I think that's just period for me. It's just never too late. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, and I'd love to, you know, I love learning a little bit more about your background. And I'd actually love to switch gears a little bit because mm -hmm. I know, you know, making music is such an enormous part of your life now. And I'd love to learn a little bit about um, how you first started producing this music. And, you know, after um, deciding to kind of switch um, your career goals, how was that like for you at first? It was, it's really crazy how I started uh, producing music because, I mean, as much as um, I had a history with music, 
once I was not doing it after that sophomore year and I was only pursuing business, I wasn't doing anything creatively at all. So um, that was like a, I want to say like a four to four to five years hiatus of doing nothing necessarily creative. And then when I dropped out of Davis, I got back home. Um, I had like, I want to say about six months of just, you know, taking care of myself, self-care and mm-hmm. my mental health. And then finally thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, and I first started with design. I was like drawing, I was doing, you know, therapy with, uh, art and, um, I thought that was what it was, but it wasn't it. And I do it. I started just trying out all these different art mediums. And then eventually it came around to my anniversary with my boyfriend. Um, I, I've been with my boyfriend for a really long time. I've been with him for this year's coming up to be my 10th year. Um, so that one anniversary, uh, two in 2019, I had no gift and I really wanted to do something special for him. So I was like, you know what? I used to make music and I used to actually, you know, make music to him, make music for him when we were in like high school. So, um, I thought I wanted to write a song. I knew someone that had a little studio set up in their house. Um, it was my like uh, little sister's friends and I hit them up. We go to his uh, home, his, his studio and his recording stuff was in his room. And I swear the mic was in his closet. <laughs> so um, it soundproofed a little bit for, um, it was a little better since it was a little more soundproof inside the closet. And I recorded my first track, which is uh, to this day out on all platforms uh, called Wonder. And that song was dedicated to my boyfriend. And that's literally how it all started, uh, just as a simple anniversary gift. and. I kept playing it and like playing it to other people. And they're like, dude, this is, this is like really good. You know, like I was like, oh, is it really? <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it at first. But the looking at the people's reaction is what really made me believe in myself. And, you know, eventually that belief, like just seeing their reaction has grown into like me believing in my own self now. But that initial reaction is really what sold me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, are there any specific people in your life who has, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, your friends, but um, are there any specific people who have really just supported you throughout this entire process and really just kept you going? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say in the very beginning, uh, when I started my music, it was definitely obviously like my boyfriend, he's He's definitely supported me. Um, there's been my team who I've been built, who I built over uh, the past couple of years as I started this journey. Um, their name is Shauna and Sam Kim. And Shauna is a really good friend of mine that I've known for very long. Uh, she's also an art major herself. And she was the first friend who kind of ex- ex- uh, introduced me to more resources, to more people um, who were in the music industry, in the art industry, um, who eventually I met Sam, and now he is my stylist. Um, I actually played them, I played him my music. Shauna, she already knew I made music. Um, so mm-hmm. once I started making music, it was easier for easier for her to understand and really support um, and catch on. And then Sam, when I showed him my song, um, I have no style. I am, I like, like I said before, I really dived into music. I was just such a blank canvas. Um, I was really shy with my music and shy with people who are artsy because I just thought they were so cool. <laughs> and uh, when I showed my music to Sam, he was just like, you know, I don't really like to tell people I'm a stylist because then they're going to ask me to style them. But I would love to style you because I think you're a superstar. And that was just 
when it was over for me. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I think you're so cool and you want to style me. But okay, for sure. And yeah, to this day, they're like, um, without them, I would not be able to put out almost anything right now. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. And you are so talented. And I, I love, you know, the type of music that you make. I mean, I've listened to a couple of your songs and I think that the sound you have is incredibly unique and I'd love to dive deeper into, you know, the type of music that you make and what inspired you to really take on the specific or these specific genres of music. Um, I, it's really hard for me to like, uh, say what, what exactly my genre is either. Um, my influences Mm -hmm. musically definitely comes from, um, a lot of R&B. I listened to a lot of nineties and early two thousands R&B growing up. Uh, and a lot of uh, Korean ballad and uh, Korean music, K-pop as well. Um, so so a lot of example artists would be like Rihanna. Um, K-pop would be like SNSD, so uh, SNSD, 21, Big Bang, um, and then a lot of different other artists. I just have this wide range growing up that influences who I am uh, today. And the music that I create now is just a jumble of all of it. Um, so I don't know exactly again what genre it is because I like to call myself alternative pop, but sometimes I might be alternative R&B. It's always going to be alternative because it's when you listen to it, it's not like exactly pop. It's not exactly R&B. Um, and someone has told me that before as well, who was a, a expertise in that industry. And, um, they just said, you know, you can't call yourself R&B because you're not exactly R&B. And I was like, so I guess I can't call myself an R&B artist anymore. Um. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, in general, what I like to do with my music, despite not knowing what genre it is, I really like to focus on the emotion I put in. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to be very versatile. So um, I'm such an expressive person. And I think that's why it really shines through my music. So whatever mood that moment is, my expression is going to be a lot more exaggerated but in the best way, because I really want it to encapsulate and just like affect the person listening to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you get inspiration from your songs, like from, you know, moments throughout your life or any stories from your life or things like that? Or where do you usually get inspiration for your lyrics? Um, definitely moments in my life. Uh, I've learned for sure, like when you're actually pursuing, you know, trying to be a a singer songwriter it does get hard because it's just like writers um you get like that story block um writer's block and you know you got to find unique ways to find creativity but for me I do write a lot about love and I have no idea like I'm just a really loving person I'm not a huge like I don't I don't want to say I know everything about astronomy but I'm a triple cancer and when I tell people that they're like oh my god that's why but I'm just a you know loving uh, emotional person so a lot of my music has like love and it has um it feels romantic but mm-hmm. if you want to li- if you listen and look at the lyrics if it's easier for some you could actually take that perspective in my music the lyrics and not and not just make it romantic you can actually flip it and replace it with like an individual with a like an individual whether it be yourself or whether it be someone else but not necessarily romantically connected and the way i hope hopefully it transcends or translates to other is that um you are it's it's supposed to make sense that doesn't have to necessarily be romantic um when you replace some of the words in my lyrics then um it should mean differently more deeper 
I hope, uh, instead. But yeah, a lot of the love I want to say, again, um, is from like my friends. I'm actually because I have a lot of sad music too, and like sad love music. And the lyrics, when I say when it was romantic, it could be like, uh, I think it's called like sad romantic. Um, but when it's sad romantic, it's not necessarily from my experience. Um, but a lot of my friends, uh, they'll tell me a lot of heart of heartbreaks and hardships that they go through with their people in their lives or the experiences that they have in their lives. And I really feel them. And I think sometimes um, the way they tell me their situations, it affects me so much that I'm able to put it into paper. Um, and that's a lot of the instances as well. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that that's very creative uh, in you know the process that you create your music in. And, and I know that you mentioned that, you know, the first song you ever made was really important to you, because that's kind of what sparked your entire journey. But um, like, you know, after creating all these different types of songs, do you have any favorite ones or just had like an amazing time writing them or any, you know, fun stories from writing these songs? Um, I want to say my last well, my most uh, recent single that I dropped, Runnin, has been a really fun song uh, simply because uh, it's a song that is um, kind of symbol symbolizing my transformation. Uh, I think I have grown a significant amount since I've started my journey as an artist. So um, Runnin' was a really huge turning point for me when I put that track out um, because in the lyricism as well, um, the, 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 the vision that I sought for in that song uh, was hoping that I can really empower people to believe in themselves and to really change if you want to. If you, if it's, it's a simple, um, you know, feeling of want. Do you want it? Yes or no? And I'm that type of girl. Is it, do you want it? Yes or no? Yes, then go get it. So um, Running Right Now is my favorite track out. But definitely I had a really fun time uh, making my EP that I dropped back in uh, 2020 on April. And uh, that was definitely fun because it was the first time I really played around with a lot of different sounds. Um, and it was really great working with the producer as well. So I have a lot of tracks uh, that, I, that I could say that I love. I honestly love them all. That's a really difficult question to ask. I actually did think about it when I saw um, that question, when you showed it to me beforehand. Um, but I, I still can't answer it correctly. But yeah, running right now is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, I love the message behind that. And and I think like being a recording artist, like that's something really exciting in itself. Mm -hmm. And And I think that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about how the production process actually works for, you know, making and then producing and releasing the song or the music that you create. Right. So um, for me, I like to listen to beats first um, and get inspired. Uh, I definitely can't just get inspired on my own. It doesn't get invigorated. Um, I need to listen to other people's work. And I first start with a YouTube beat or sometimes whatever I find on social media and then once I get a melody going, I usually record myself off my phone, um, just using the voice recording system. I'm a very like, uh, I know not everything's perfect, but like a flawless process type of girl. So um, I begin with mm -hmm. this outline with a skeleton, you know, this raw, you know, just melody making process. And then I'll take it to my home studio. Um, now that I have a home studio, I have the convenience to make it right here, but I'll try to use my quality 
to produce um, now an outline of this song. And then now I, once I have this outline, I will now invest into a producer who specializes in either the genre that I am, that I just created or um, the sound, or they have the sound that I think uh, would be perfect with this track. Then I will uh, contact them, collaborate with them and invest into them, uh, invest into my work through that. Um, and usually that's really it. You know, the producer, once you start working with the producer, that's the end and you just uh hope together that the track is amazing at, at the end result yeah i mean that sounds super exciting and i know like being in the mu music industry in general can be a lot of work but you know i i know like the products that you make are definitely worth it and and i know that it can be pretty challenging in general mm -hmm. and i know we talked a little bit about the challenges you faced at home but um, you know, in this entire process of growing your platform and producing your music and just being an artist in general, have you run into any obstacles or challenges that you really like feel like um, were tough on you? Um, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, a creative job, you know, this, this, what I do is a creative job, I guess. Um, and I don't even like to call it a job. I like to call it a lifestyle uh, because once you call it a job, it really just gets to you. But in the beginning, I did treat it like a creative job. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, that's the difficult part because there. remember I told you in the beginning, I decided that I'll take a structured job, something that has a plan. So, you know, if I, mm -hmm. let's say, for example, if I studied agriculture management, then, you know, I was going to get a degree in that and then maybe get an internship or, you know, uh, apply for a corporate position, you know, somewhere in that uh, maybe uh, field and then eventually promote up. So there was this structure that's kind of set out. But when it comes to music, you know, you don't know where to start. You don't know who, what, what's the next move that you're supposed to take that's going to help you to jump up. And what really is you succeeding? You know, like there's no outline, there's no guideline, sorry, that uh, says, or shows you like when you're achieving things, when you're succeeding, because what the, the thing about the industry that I work in is also, you know, it has this uh, kind of image to be a little shady as well. And a lot of it is because of the materialisticness of this, you know, um, some of the, I want to say um, so socially not as applicable or, you know, helpful moments that, you know, my industry can portray uh, is what kind of, makes it a little uh, as not as how do I say it not as a valued industry in all these careers so a lot of that pressure can sometimes get to me as well and um, affect the way I create and affect the process of creating being a creator and making music is really mental and um, sometimes when that mental mojo is thrown off simply because of the existing pressures uh, it is a little hard because you're really hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So was, you know, was everything that you're doing right now in this music industry exactly what you expected from the beginning? And would you say like maybe it was harder than you initially thought to become a recording artist and produce this new music? For me, I, I just think I'm very blessed <laughs> with this confidence because it's been quite like smooth sailing if I want something, mm -hmm. I kind of just was like, okay, you know, I have the resources, I have Instagram. Like Instagram was my savior 
for this whole journey because it was the most convenient way for me to find someone who is someone who ha- who specializes in what I need, whether it be, you know, engineering music, whether it be creating beats, um, whether it be visual production. So once I find these accounts and I see their work, it's like, it's like looking at a portfolio, you know, when you look at their profile and it was very easy for me to decide in that moment, oh, you know, I want to work with this person because I feel like this person's going to enhance my work as well. Um, collaboration was very important uh, throughout this process. So um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but uh, Instagram has definitely helped me a lot of ways in this journey of becoming an artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, do you have any exciting plans for the future regarding your music or even just in general for yourself? So the next plans that I have are some major collaborations I'm going to be working on. Um, I have a visual project that's on the way. Uh, It's actually one of my biggest projects yet. Um, So I'm hoping that with this visual project and uh, the the several collaborations that are coming for the spring and summer um, will definitely put me out there. And I'm really excited for everyone to see it. I've worked really hard, so uh, it should be very fun to watch, (laughs) very whimsical, and I'm hoping that um, it's going to make a big impact, a big impression um, on the public's eyes. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds super exciting. And I'm honestly just in awe in general of your story, because I think that you are such an incredible role model for so many people. And I mean, I'd love to know if you have any tips in general for those who are or like youth who are kind of unsure about their futures and are kind of holding back from doing what they love because of, you know, just pressure in general. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that my biggest tip would be to not overthink about the thing that you want to do, meaning, you know, questioning whether you truly, whether you really love it or not, because I think when you start thinking about uh, whether you really enjoy it or love it enough, that's when you start limiting yourself. So instead of questioning that, it doesn't matter how much we love something if we don't do. And if we never do, are we truly, you know, committed with love to it, right? (laughs) So I feel like everybody who's holding back has their own circumstances. And, you know, that stops them from doing that from doing that part of the journey. Um, So I definitely think my greatest tip is to just do, to not think and just do. Um, And I think seeing the outcome of your do will uh, definitely also lead to love. So um, when you do first, then finding love would probably be my biggest tip on searching and your goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is incredible advice. And, and I think that I would love to close with just this last question. And it's kind of a fun one. But um, I'm pretty curious, actually, as to how you came up with your stage name. Uh, I actually was um, not going to show my face at all. Uh, When I first began this journey, I was very shy, and not confident enough uh, to put my face out there because i was very insecure. I, you know, when I first started this music journey, I was still in a vulnerable place mentally. And eventually Mm -hmm. when I was pursuing it, um, as time went on and I noticed that more people were supporting and more people were definitely in for what I was pursuing. uh, My peers were like, you know what? I don't know what you're doing covering your face. You need to put yourself out there because 
there's no way that you're going to be, you know, spread wide and known if we can't see your beautiful face. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm ready. Um, so to answer your question in the beginning, I didn't want to show my face and that's why I was unknown. And I thought of the term because uh, it was, it was actually when you, um, the way you pronounce my name, Anon, that's exact, exactly the original pronunciation. So I really don't mind when you call me Anon or Unknown, um, but I changed it to Unknown eventually because uh, A-N-O-N is short for anonymous. So, you know, it means unknown, like uh, someone you don't know. So um, that's what's synonymous with each other. And eventually that defines my stage name. <laughs> Well, awesome. And I, I mean, I loved talking with you today and getting to know your background and how you actually started producing music. And I mean, I'd love to close off with um, any platforms that you'd like to shout out or anywhere my listeners can find Yeah, um, right now I am mainly on uh, Instagram in terms of engaging with my followers and my supporters. Uh, you can find me at, at Unknown Sounds, A-N-O-N-S-O-U-N-D-S on Instagram. And then I'm also on Spotify, Apple Music. You can find me on YouTube as well um, and SoundCloud. I'm on all major platforms when it comes to my music. So go ahead, follow me, you guys, and please support. Um, I hope you guys enjoy my music because I'm hoping that I can he help you heal uh, with my work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, I really just appreciate you so much for being here and talking with me today and just for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Aline. It was awesome uh, to get to share my story and I'm very honored. Mm -hmm.